0: Welcome to a very, very, very special edition of Guitar Tales. We are doing our long-anticipated Van Halen tribute show. Uh, if you look at all the social media pages on Guitar Tales, uh, we've been doing a lot of posts, and Scott guitarmacist has too. Uh, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of views. People are really excited about this. We are too. Our virtual green room is filled with our guests. But a couple of things before I introduce our guests, and then scott will in his erstwhile fashion pull them in um as we do every show we want to thank charles larita of mischief studios our sponsor of the show uh he's over in pennington new jersey if you want to buy a guitar fix a guitar play a guitar record your guitar or learn guitar go to mischief studios Uh, they were from season one charles was on the show talented great guy and he's a great supporter of guitar tales so that's that here's a cool announcement um from this point forward, literally popular demand, and I'm not just making that up. Uh, Scott's going to be co-hosting the shows with me. Uh, people are enjoying, I guess, the banter, and Scott brings some really special stuff to the forum. He's a, he's, in a, he's a working musician. He knows how to build guitars. He knows how to fix guitars. He's a great player himself. He's laughing, or right, I made part of that up, or I exaggerated. Uh, but we're, we're excited because Scott and I, every time we talk, we say, that's a show. Uh, So we realized that because we started this venture together almost five years ago, it makes so much sense for us to do it together. So why don't we pull Scott out? Hello, kids. There we go. So uh, in no particular order, um, on our Van Halen show, we've really carefully picked everyone. First one I'd like to uh, pull out of the uh, green room and into the uh, main room virtual room here is uh, uh brad Capanjola and i think i pronounced his name right
1: he'll tell you if you didn't you did uh, thumbs up there you go
0: I, I didn't fuck it up no no you did great <laughs> all right, <You> great. <laughs> all right <good>. from <laughs> romeo delight um he has been in a van halen tribute band that has literally been um noted by many uh, folks who do commentary is the best tribute band in the country which means literally anywhere Uh, doing Van Halen. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank Uh, you. Next on our list, and I do see, I heard a little beep. I think we have our secret guest in the uh, green room, too. I heard a beep. Uh, And that is a secret guest. Old friend of the show, great guest, great musician who has done his own phenomenal Van Halen-based shows, Joe Barricotta. Joe, thank you also for joining us. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. We had such a great time with you. You did some performances that I... Specifically, remember gave me goosebumps, literally, not figuratively. Oh, thanks. Uh, it' phenomenal stuff. And then the great Phil X and, and Phil. We is... really
1: need to bring him on. <laughs> no, <we're,
0: laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't really like Phil. Sure Phil's a great guy. <laughs> um, Phil's the kind of guy you want to have a beer with, as
1: uh, Tone King once said, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. I don't. it he doesn't look coffee. like he drinks beer. You don't have any uh, or, a stitch or or of costume. fat on you.
0: Or coffee in the morning. we got to have coffee in the morning. Then. You do. You do. See, I Dude, like this co-hosting thing. I could slurp my wine while Scott talks, so this is a good way to go. <laughs> and just to be clear, because we have a big show, I have two bottles with me. Oh, dear. <laughs> He's going to well, start yeah, slurping and slurring and slurping. With my Chardonnay, there was only two inches of wine left. So I thought, <laughs> there we go. Does that look pretty good?
1: My, my wife got him drunk yesterday
0: at his she house. Did. That was we really did great. $350 worth of wine last night. Wait, that doesn't sound right. My <laughs> wife got him drunk yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a
1: she's a wine connoisseur. Yes. Uh, a connoisseur of fine is. wine. I'm a connoisseur yeah. of uh, Coors Light.
0: So <laughs> that's
1: that's that's where I'm coming from.
0: Now, Scott, before I be <laughs> say anything else, can yes. you take a look in the green room? Did I hear our special guest arrive?
1: Yes, except he's got a really busy name here. I'm gonna shorten it up
0: here. Okay, so Should while you're doing that. So this is a surprise, not just for the uh, fans of Guitar Tales, uh, but this is a surprise for our guests. And we were kind of playing around a little bit uh, beforehand, and I heard someone throw out some initials which were not correct, uh, but the gentleman we're about to pull in from the green room, literally. He's, he's been on Guitar Tales before. He is a legend, a friend of Eddie Van Halen, a personal friend of Eddie Van Halen, and also best friends during their lifetime together with Johnny Cash. Any Third guesses? Pick. All right.
1: So let's bring him in. Who is, it?
0: Who is it, Dave? It is the great, not the good, <laughs> Henry Vaccaro, owner of Kramer Guitar, current owner of Vaccaro Guitar. I got, I got goosebumps again talking about this. So he worked with Eddie. Look at the smiles on our panel. <laughs> we know. Henry. If you know, you know, they say, right? That's right. Henry, thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure.
0: So wow, yeah, I know the people are stunned. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, go, go, Phil. You got to go. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> let's settle in first, and then we'll uh, yeah. We'll so, get it going. so Henry, um, my first guitar I ever owned was a Kramer guitar. I had the uh, the aluminum fork guitar, and I was so excited to get Henry on long before he was producing the guitars that really everyone later knew Kramer guitar for. Um, it's exciting because he's actually bringing back aluminum neck guitars, um, under Vicaro guitars. It's very exciting stuff, which
1: which really look amazing. Oh my
0: God. And sound amazing too. He drove to my house once and showed me one of the necks. They're unbelievable. (laughs) Um, but Scott, you have a question for Henry about the Kramer guitars that I know. Yeah.
1: My, my, my dad is, uh, 83 and we were over there on Thanksgiving. And I remember a story from way back when, uh, and my dad was uh, friends with a lot of the Bon Jovi guys um, that Sambora, who was also a, a Kramer endorsing artist back in the day, told my dad that, hey, they got Eddie Van Halen as an endorsing artist and everybody was very excited It was really going to take the brand to the next level and everything. And then uh, that Eddie wanted to have Kramer make the Frankenstrat, including the, the cigarette burns and the wires hanging out of it and all that stuff. And You guys said yes to a lot of things, but that's one thing you guys did not want to do is recreate that guitar, uh, mass-produce that guitar. Is that true?
2: Well, first of all, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day decisions at Kramer. I I was not the brains behind the company. I was the money behind the company. Right. (laughs) Okay, so those decisions were made internally with uh, probably Dennis Berardi and Eddie and uh, the guys in the the factory. So I can not attest to that. (laughs) The stuff. Right. And it too. <laughs> did they they
1: but they did mass produce um, you know uh, some kind of Van Halen guitar at some point didn't they not
2: Yeah, well, uh, different ones with the banana neck with the uh, yes yeah. So tell
0: us, Henry, the story. I believe it's an airport story about how you guys connected. Wasn't there you you had a, a salesman who ran into one of uh, Eddie's oh, people? That,
2: how how the Eddie thing came about? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Okay, Dennis Berardi, who was the president of the company, was in many ways a marketing genius. He could sell ice cream to the Eskimos and sell them ice in the winter. <laughs> so he is on a plane ride to California to meet with uh, the president of Guitar Centers. When the plane lands, he gets off, and he sees a, a young man who's got a tour jacket on. It said, Eddie Van Halen, World Tour. So Dennis accidentally or on purpose meets a guy in the restroom and says hey were you on that tour he says i'm eddie's guitar tech 15 minutes later they're at eddie's house and that's how this whole thing started
1: wow. that's crazy
2: from a, a chance meeting on an airplane going to california for another reason
3: wow, Eddie, and at so that's
2: why we had just signed up we were going to use the rockinger tremolo this is before floyd rose and wow. then somehow Dennis saw the Floyd Rose and he said, wow, this is much better. And that's what he introduced Eddie to at first was the Floyd Rose tremolo. And back then we still had aluminum necks. And then Eddie felt the aluminum neck was too heavy. And gradually we went over to wood necks. But hell, that's like having Babe Ruth endorse your baseball hat, you know? Exactly.
0: <laughs> and it's
2: like it just skyrocketed.
0: Wow. By the, the way, anyone the on the panel, is. you guys can ask Henry anything you want to. <clears throat> Henry, I have
4: a question. I, I have Paul Unkert do all my guitar work. He refreaded all my guitars. Neck. He told me there were three double necks made, and he does not know where they are. You know the double neck? He played Secrets um, during the Diver Down tour. was yellow. One of the necks was aluminum.
2: Yes, that's correct.
4: He said there were three made, and no one knows where they are. Like Ed, I think Eddie's son has one of them and two of them well,
2: are like, I can't answer that, but there were three made and, and, and one was an aluminum neck and the other was a wood neck on a double neck. That's true. Hmm.
0: That's amazing. And Eddie
2: was quite a character. I mean, uh, when he, when he would come down to the factory, he probably would stay three or four days and they would stay with Valerie and Dennis Ferrati's house in Homedale. And then they would come to the factory and spend the whole day there. And, uh, Hmm. Crazy. I mean, then one night Eddie wanted to go gambling in Atlantic City, and I had a friend of mine, Saul Rubin, who made a connection and got a special bus to take Eddie and a whole entourage down to the casino. Eddie reaches in his pocket. He didn't have any money, so my <laughs> friend Saul arranged for a line of credit for Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> well That's the way the stuff goes. That's,
0: that's wild. A, that's amazing. <clears throat> So, th- so this is why we brought Henry on because everyone on this panel, we love Eddie, and, and and there's such beautiful background to this, in in that you know Eddie, you know, and Henry together. And Henry, you you knew Eddie even if you weren't making.
2: I, I he, he almost got involved back then. Uh, I was trying to buy the entire beachfront in Asbury Park, and I eventually put together a partnership and bought it, and. Uh, Eddie loved the casino building, and at one time we we're talking about some type of arrangement where he would invest in the casino building. Hmm. Now, the, the history in the casino building is mind-boggling. In 1956, I saw my first rock concert there: Bill Haley and the Comets, and it all started in Asbury Park, New Jersey, so there was a history there. Wow, so that's incredible. Crazy stuff.
0: That's That's amazing. Well, Henry, we're we're happy. Stay here as long as you like. Yeah, but right. we 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 love having just it, it it just adds such a beautiful layer to the show.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, all so so you know, oh well, come on, Henry. All right, can I plug my new guitar? Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you haven't seen this. this first of all, United States patent. Oh. Oh, all right.
1: That's big news. That's bigger than the other news that I'm going to be the co-host of this stupid show.
2: (laughs) This is the new stock. That's cool. Okay, now what's incredible about this, you can unbolt it.
1: And he's doing it now.
2: I think I know what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Get out the power tools.
2: How was that, Scott? Right off. (laughs) So you can have any headstock you want. Oh, this, the headstock, not just the oh, neck. No, the headstock. And, and and the final design of this headstock is going to have built right in here. The Floyd Rose nut is going to be made as part of the aluminum headstock. So then yeah. the only thing on top of it is the locking device on it. Right. we're in the final stages of all this R&D work, and it's going to be pretty amazing. Because mm. a lot of people didn't like the V headstock. Okay. I did. It turned some people off. Okay, but now you can have any headstock. So the new company, we're going to have the V headstock updated. We're going to have this for the shredder guitar, and then we're going to have one that hits the country market.
0: So oh,
2: wow. uh, you, I, you're all bringing back the uh,
0: the V though, or
2: the, uh, yeah, the absolutely. Thing? And uh, we're working on right now. Uh, this is crazy, Bill. So we're working with the Jonas Brothers, and they design the new V neck to their liking. So we should have that coming out pretty soon. But what's incredible, you know, again, this is the back, it's all, it's it's aluminum, and then the the wood casing just snaps on. Wow. And there's no structural value. All it does is give you the warmth feel of the wood. The structure is naturally in the headstock and in the extrusion.
5: So here's my question, because uh, some people think uh, an aluminum,
2: Aluminum neck would be heavier.
1: Aluminum.
5: Wood, but wouldn't it be (laughs) lighter than wood?
2: No. The way that we've got this design now, it's compatible to any wood neck out there.
5: Okay, that's what I'm saying. Well, so it would be the same.
2: Okay. Okay. Is it
5: ever heavier?
2: We're hollowing out the back of it.
5: Oh, okay.
2: Okay. And the final product, this would be three-eighths of an inch instead of a half inch. (laughs) So you take that added weight off. And then we're going to use lightweight tuners. So the weight is now going to be the same. But you get this great sound, hmm. and the sound just resonates.
4: So I would assume an aluminum neck doesn't need a truss rod, or it does?
2: No, it doesn't need a truss rod. It
4: doesn't need a truss
2: rod. Yeah, but, yeah that's a good know, it, It's pro and cons, whether <laughs> we're going in there or not, only because some people want a truss rod. Okay, we, I used we to
4: leave... I used to leave my guitar in my van for like 15 years. I, I still use it. It's like a cheap Squire
2: uh-huh.
4: and it would, it would stay in my van and Paul Unker couldn't believe it stayed in tune. It would stay in my van if it was 120 degrees or <laughs> 120 below degrees. And I would just go, I mean, we just doing cover stuff, not no Van Halen stuff. The thing never went out of tune. I just couldn't believe it.
2: Well, there's it's something trust sure.
4: rods. <laughs> I guess it had a good truss rod. You
2: no, know, There's yeah. something else we're experimenting with too, It's a carbon fiber rod. Which is lighter than a truss rod and gives absolute rigidity. So, mm. anyway, it's something different. And uh, one of these days, maybe I'll learn to play the guitar. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's the most amazing thing. Here is a guy who's so involved with guitars and stuff doesn't doesn't even play. That's 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 astonishing. It's
2: amazing. It's amazing. Well, but you know, I, I just love that that business and the uh, hype that goes with it. And and my son and my grandson are going to be involved. And yeah. You know, I'm still doing crazy shit. You know, I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a Johnny Cash audio book. What? Yes. And I'm going to have, hopefully, I talked to John Carter yesterday, and we're, we're looking at um, his, his cousin, Thomas Gabriel, to uh, narrate the book. But in this book, you will hear my voice commenting on the different chapters in the book and how they affected my life. Wow. But then when I mention a song like my first Johnny Cash song, was the ways of a woman in love. You're going to hear the song in the book. Hmm. But it that's goes cool. one step further. Uh, Johnny Cash was roasted in Memphis, Tennessee in 1986. And I was one of the roasters. Whalen was the master of ceremony. So you're going to hear Whalen's voice. You're going to hear Johnny's voice. And you're going to hear Chris Christopherson dedicating a song to Johnny that's never been heard before. All in the book. Wow. Beautiful
0: wow. stuff, I Look forward Andy. to that. And Beautiful.
2: That's, that's, that's <laughs> to Fantastic. So... so
0: so, what, so hang out if you'd like. We'd love to keep you on the panel, and and let's start really digging in um, to Van Halen. And, and Scott and I talked about it. We're going to be open about it, as we all know. Van Halen can mean the band, or Van Halen yeah. can mean Eddie, and it could also mean Alex. Right. Uh, let me ask, uh, let's start with you, Phil. Uh, just give us a little hint. Let, did you? Talk a little bit about how the first time Eddie's playing influenced you.
5: Wow, okay. So, I mean, it's like anybody else, right? I was a kid, um, and uh some my my cousin had uh Van Halen 1 on cassette. And we were in his basement, and he's like, "You got to hear this." And then just bypassed went for, fast-forwarded to uh to eruption, and I it didn't even sound like guitar to me cuz I was like, 13. Yeah or something. And I'm like, wait, there's that, that can't be a guitar. It sounds like it's a violin, like Paganini going crazy or something, you know? And then, uh, but that audio aspect of it was only a small portion. Cause I was, uh, when I was 14, I saw the 1980 Invasion tour. Okay, uh, in first, uh, complete with Michael Anthony playing the big keyboard and the missile for when the cradle will rock and t-shirts going around the audience saying have you seen juniors grades (laughs) (laughs) i mean the 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 i can't remember what i had for breakfast yesterday but i remember this like it was like you know an hour ago it was like uh not only did you see not only okay i'm gonna speak for me not only did i see the the most incredible uh you witnessed this incredible bar playing but it, it wasn't like the guy was up there and just playing and doing his thing. Uh, his thing was sprinting across the stage and up PA stacks and while doing this incredible guitar assault. Yeah. ears. And to me, that, that, that set such a high bar that no one will ever touch. It was, to take it past Ed, it was four superheroes flying around the stage, saving the world. And it mm-hmm. will never be anything but that to me. And then uh, to continue, I saw um, the Diver Down tour, no, the, sorry, the Fair Warning tour, and then the Diver Down tour, and then 1984. I saw them all at Maple Leaf Gardens when I was a kid. And it's like, it'll never, no, nothing will ever come close. That yeah. band was so on fire and so rock and roll and so and leagues above anything else I'd seen. Like, I mean, I even saw Cheap Trick back then. I saw Black Sabbath, I saw Iron Maiden, and Bruce Dickinson is a hell of a frontman as well and can sing anything live, but man, that, that what, the, what Dave did and with the band did as a whole, there was it was just untouchable. And then guitar-wise, being a guitar player and a young aspiring guitar player, what I got from Ed the most is what really helped me as an individual was take not don't take his licks and play his licks, but take his licks and what they inspire, and. Yeah create your own licks and be more inventive and come up with stuff that nobody else is doing. And that that's what took me, you know, his rhythm was one of those things that he was so locked with the drums, him and Alex played together for so long, just them, that they were so locked, made me think, I really, really gotta work on my time. No matter who's on drums, I just gotta lock in with the drummer. And Absolutely. That, that, that never happened.
1: wait a minute wait a minute
5: (laughs) to be be completely honest uh, because my drummer sped up and slowed down an awful lot too and he was my first drummer and then I remember uh, it was was a who made me work on my time was a producer his name was Arnold Laney who had a band up in Canada called Frozen Good. and he saw me play at the Gasworks where I saw Talis pre-Billy Sheehan playing in DLR and and then i was playing there one night and he came and freaked out and he said i got a session up for you on friday and i went in hmm. and i just started playing and he goes whoa whoa what are you doing <laughs> can you even hear the drums i'm like yeah man i hear the drums i'm good i'm good i'm good <laughs> no you play so on top of the beat i can't record you today so here's a metronome go work with this for a week and we'll try again next week and that's exactly that well, I was nineteen maybe, you know? Uh, and uh, and you you know, you, you find yourself when you're playing guitar that uh, you know, when you when you're playing like I'm gonna say I, when people say they like the way I play Eddie Van Halen, it's because I the fire and his recklessness became a part of me when I was learning all this stuff
0: uh, at such well, a young and not
5: from YouTube. It was way before YouTube. I had to fast forward and rewind the cassette. When, that was from- when
0: they had the Victrolas, right? <laughs> the what the Victrolas with like the big horn coming out and the seventy-eight turntable?
1: It's an old man joke, Phil. I'm sixty this week.
0: I don't. I
5: wish I had one of those. But uh, th- th- those yeah. are the elements that that became a part of my playing, and uh, even <laughs> like when I was uh, my own stuff. it was there. That- that kind of thing that that made me, I guess, stand out. And uh, but you know, once I got my timing together, I was doing, started doing sessions all the time. And but the cool thing for me was learning by ear, learning Van Halen by ear. Mm. And then I just had a three piece, so I would play Eddie's parts and sing Dave's parts at the same time. <laughs> wow. And it was just one of those things where people would just walk in and go, "Oh, this guy's just Van Halen." And then that's when I had to, okay, I got to stop. <laughs>
1: My my brother and I ruined, I don't know, countless VCRs, VCR tapes, and DVD players. My poor parents <laughs> had to keep going to Crazy Eddie and buying new ones. Oh my God. <laughs> when Deep. we got live without a net on VHS, we destroyed the VCR in our house. Because <laughs> like, you can't pause VCR tape for too long. It really screws up the head. Yeah. And <laughs> We just tried to figure out what the hell was going on.
0: It is true. Yeah, It was so different back then to try to learn. It was the, and, and, and not having the visual, you know? Yeah.
1: Not having
5: the visual was, was a big part of developing your ears. Yeah. So a lot of the guys that I grew up with, we all had good ears and we all learned how to do stuff. And if you learned something wrong, the guy next door learned it right. And you're like, how'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. It was you. And man, that's how, we, that's how we did it. That
1: was our gang. Yeah, I showed whatever. David over the weekend that my my cheat version of the end of eruption. I kind of, sort right? of. It, kinda, it, sorta, it, it kinda, wasn't. It was. I wasn't kind of. I. I can't demonstrate it now, but yeah. I, I was just. I was just doing it with two notes yeah. and an open string instead of playing the 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 twelfth fret back wow. and forth, right? And and, and, it, we, and I played it like that for years, and nobody knew the better. And then I saw the video. I'm like, oh shit, I learned it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? When you have all these. Uh, all these, you know,
5: the the tapes, the demo tapes and, and outtakes and isolated guitar. Right. And then I, when I, I had to put up a video of me playing on fire to like a, a backing track yeah. a couple of years ago when I was in Nashville, because I was like, I listened to the isolated track and I was like, holy shit, yeah. 40 years of wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because some of the, the nuances and the, and, and the little musical innuendos aren't there when you got the band bashing and dave screaming and all that stuff so all that stuff comes to light when you listen to an isolated guitar track it's pretty amazing well, what happened
1: I, to your uh your sg is that still alive oh is yeah that, got, uh, this it, thing?
5: Got, it got fixed
1: it got there, there it is it got
5: wrecked um, uh in uh january of last year and then it, it got fixed by uh, a friend um yes greg platzer he got his mitts on it and he fit, he made it better than ever he does this thing to fixing headstocks where they sound better than they did before so i'm
1: pretty oh. happy yeah, so that that really... you you threw the guitar off stage and in, in your little rock and roll bit and it and it hits well the or something
5: i think that's rock and roll right yeah well it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it kind of sucks see uh an aluminum guitar neck probably wouldn't break that's right
5: plug, plug. Right there. but i my tech, Sammy, I mean, yeah. his record was awesome. There's like 25 catches, one uh, fumble. Yeah, uh, yeah, That's not bad. That so, isn't bad. Those are good odds. Like, you know what, dude, don't worry about it. It's my fault. I'm, like, thrown in the dark sometimes and hoping he catches it. So that's mine. That's on me. <laughs>
0: How many people have you killed? <laughs> like, have like you not killed 25 but killed the 26th person? My lawyers 20- don't answer questions like that. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: so hey, so David, I'm gonna to have to sign off. Okay. All right,
0: um, Henry. Oh. Nice meeting you, Harry. Henry, nice you. Me, Everyone, it's Vicaro Guitars, the great uh-huh. Henry Vicaro and owner of Kramer Guitar, which really on some level is what brought us all here today. Henry, thank you so much. You were My everything pleasure. we hoped you would be. Okay. <laughs> thank you. you Take all right. care. Take care, pal.
1: Thanks. Yeah. And there he goes.
0: I didn't know we had limited time. Uh,
1: yeah i well i guess he's got
0: stuff going on so for brad i it looks like brad was just like a, i was watching your body language so you probably have so much to say about figure yeah about <laughs> yeah, learning the other you know, figuring out what eddie's doing right and yeah. i'm gonna guess that you know you know where eddie's still with us and on this panel he would say there is there is not a right way to do it but you know, every, everyone with the exception of me on this panel has to sort of figure out how they want to do it. And I was watching your body language, Brian, I could tell, I could see like the gears churning in your head. <laughs> what did you go through when you first put yourself in the position where you would really be judged by Hell. how well you were reproducing <laughs> what Eddie did?
6: Um, it was. It's very hard, man. You know, I mean, it's not easy because he played everything in a way that worked for him, right? Yeah. I mean, when you really listen to how he plays. It's not how anybody plays, you know. That's why like you get all these people that try to play like Eddie and it doesn't sound quite right like yeah, you you play the same notes and everything. So, you just try to get it as close as possible. Yeah. Right. Cuz there were some things he played that were just like holy shit, how the hell am I going to do that? You know, but you just try to get it as close as possible. But yeah, a lot of things were very difficult um that little lick in I'm the one in the intro That was ridiculously impossible for a little bit, Uh, but but, 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 but that little lick in there, that was pretty difficult. (laughs) Yeah, man, it took a long time. (laughs) It took a long time, but luckily, uh, you know, just kind of figured out a way to play it to where it's... It's good as close. I mean, it's never going to be exact because I'm just—I'm not Eddie Van Halen. But right. Even, even Ed didn't never played anything exact. No, no I was cool. saying when I was learning the
4: Unchained solo, which is very simple, but it's not simple to play it behind that wacky track. Exactly. You cannot find a live video of Eddie playing that solo because I think he winged it.
6: Totally, <laughs> really. So, Adam, right. I got,
4: Brad, I would ask you because you do it all the time. If you do that song. Is that to me? Some of Eddie's simplest solos are his hardest solos.
6: To um, get right
4: with a band, it's almost impossible. Well,
6: it, yeah, I mean, you get it to where it works good with that band. You know what I mean? In other words, to like who you're playing with. You know, so you just try to lock into who you're playing with. You try to make sure that you're at a certain point to you know before the change comes in, and then like you know you make it work. I mean, you know, but but it's interesting because, you know, like you said, listening to like Van Halen, you know, sometimes with some of the solo spots, it sounds like everything's falling down the stairs. But you grab everything right before you got to make that change. It's like a very kind of like live cream kind of thing. You know what I mean? And and that's, you know, so it's like I kind of go in with, you know, you really got to listen. You really got to listen very hard when you're playing that. But yeah, sometimes sometimes on the record, it was an edit. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, def- like, like the jump
4: solo is totally edited. There's,
5: def- bad. Oh, yeah. there's definitely yeah. an edit in that. The jump might be a couple, but there's definitely an edit in the Mean Street solo when his hand's here, and then all of a sudden, what? No. And you know that was an edit. You know what's wild
4: about the Mean Street the mean Street solo? If you listen to it with headphones, he, his, his Marshall is not even distorted. It's almost no, like a, it's just a cranked Marshall, yeah, and it's yeah. all his fingers. It's It's amazing, oh, yeah. like, if you solo that track it doesn't sound like what we probably all play through no that's what I'm, my, problem, clean.
5: my problem with a lot of covers is that they use so much gain and he didn't have that much gain back then no, I mean, no it's so much gain and it's like but the gain is forgiving so you can be yeah. sloppy and that's why people like it i think but i think you got to go back to thinking ed didn't have that much gain so He had to play the way he was playing to hear what he was hearing in his head. So it was way more legato, way more pull-offs, way more hammer-ons. And the reason that I picked everything, like I have to pick the solo to On Fire, even though he doesn't pick every note. I have to because I don't have his left-hand strength. (laughs) His
3: hammer-ons
5: sounds like he's picking sometimes.
0: But I
5: mean that with
0: all respect yeah fuck you with all respect right
5: in every note his legato his hammer-ons were so strong it's just for me and because i picked everything because i learned playing learned to play mizuki and picked everything on a mizuki too so to me it just sounded right and then i found out later that no you're playing it wrong he doesn't pick every note i'm like i don't care this is how i do it because
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's the thing you just kind of develop your own way to make it sound good you know yeah. what i mean to make it sound right getting back to that edit thing though you mentioned like there were edits and things the so this is love solo is all over the place that has to be an edit because it just when you play song. it it doesn't make any I, sense
1: I've, I've covered that it's a pain no. in the ass you're right it does I jump around
6: crazy that one that one kind of stressed me out tell you the truth. <laughs> speaking like, of that know, song have you know, guys seen that video
4: you, know, you ever see the video that, they did for that no, no. It's a sort of a
1: homemade looking video, right? It's, it's really yeah. it's it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It has yeah, nothing
4: to do it. with the song. Yeah. Nothing to do with the song. Well, and it's like David is- Lee Roth humping a dinosaur through the whole video.
0: Right. <laughs> like literally, pretty much. And, and and the crazy thing, you know, like you know, Joe, you, you do a lot you do Billy Joel and things like that, right? There they Van Halen has great songwriting for so many of their songs, yeah. but when you're covering Van Halen, it's not the it's not the song. It's Eddie. And yeah. I think you're so much more under um, you guys could tell me cuz I don't know, but I would think that when you cover almost anyone, uh, maybe Rush would be another example, you know, um, you know, some of the more technical bands, but when you're covering Van Halen, it is so much more than the spirit of the song. Right. You know, and, you were you well, were in, and 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 sorry, by the way, Phil for, for Phil sure. X scott and i both saw on on there was there was some chatter on on some facebook page or instagram or something about um everyone's a little concerned about satch you know what he's about to be doing uh with sammy and someone writes in, you should have phil x instead
1: you are on the short list phil for sure uh, and yeah
5: and a lot of uh messages and stuff but you know what i think yeah i think for me like I hated this uh these there was a couple of guys that put up videos of uh cause they were, and they were bagging on Joe because he, he didn't do the main street thing. Maybe he yeah. was prepared, maybe he wasn't ready for it, maybe he shouldn't have even done it. But you don't bag on a legend like that. <laughs> I know.
1: You know like, he, hey man, oh. He's getting tagged and stuff <laughs> in these in these oh, comments. Know, well people love to hate know. on the internet. I love oh, Satri. Yeah. Oh yeah, you I
3: guys divide
4: Satriani.
6: Yeah, there were these people that like posted like like themselves playing it after he didn't play it so great, and it's yeah. just like yeah, but you had like five thousand hours with that. He <laughs> yes, yeah. he's Man. got way more other things to worry about than you do, pal. Man, <laughs> you know,
4: a career. I think yeah. Phil, you're right. I think he just out of nowhere had to do it, and he was he probably didn't learn it yet. You know
3: what? Like, yeah.
1: Well, the question was, what's the hardest Van Halen lick or whatever that you ever came across, and clearly yeah. you know that is difficult for people i had an easier time with it because i have a uh i started off as a drummer like like mr Barracotta. uh and i have some piano playing skills so the rhythm of it for me wasn't as difficult as, as figuring out where to put my fingers right, right. um but for 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 Other standard guitar players that that took lessons, and you know Eddie was sort of a self-taught guy, just doing his own thing. Right, and it's really like way out of the box. Whenever you learn a Van Halen song, you go, "Whoa, what the hell? How did he come up with that?" You know. See what
5: you're
4: saying. That about
1: it it came to you more naturally a little bit because of
5: the timing. Van Halen lick. Yeah,
4: I I think that's the coolest guitar thing ever created. Right. Well, it's a different. Like Phil, like. I, I was 10 years old, but nine years old when that album came out. So I really don't remember. But I did yeah. ask people, like my friends that are a little older, and they're like, before YouTube, no one knew what the hell No one knew what he was doing. No, we heard this noise and we're
1: like, like what, an alien stuff. Yeah. what is yeah. going on? And then once you finally get a lot of the Van Halen songs down, he comes out with the power drill. And I'm like, <laughs> that's it I'm, I'm quitting guitar right. are you kidding me yeah. he's putting a power drill in a solo hey Brad I had a
4: I had a question for you like beat I, I I am a drummer first and believe it or not I knew every Van Halen song on drums I started playing guitar at about 15 that's when I took lessons from Ron Blumenthal who's Bumblefoot and oh, cool. um but I noticed putting this Van Halen thing together there's way and it's no disrespect to Eddie Van Halen it's it's actually you know it's it's there's so many guitar players that can do Eddie good there's not many drummers that can even touch Alex Van Halen thank you so do you guys have a tough time like listen I'm not saying I'm this great drummer but last Freehold show we were doing I was more excited to play drums but you know Rocco you know, my friend Rocco, he's from Staten Island. He, he tours with Ace Frehley. Hey, know. Rocco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Montrosello, I think is his name. He was supposed to play guitar, and I was supposed to play drums. And I remember, like, I, I can't imagine how Brad feels, because as much as I love Eddie Van Halen, I looked out in the crowd. Everyone had Van Halen shirts on, and I was like, holy shit. Like, we better really fucking nail this shit. Now. <laughs> and it's like the whole show, it's more nerve-wracking for me to play Eddie than to play Alex. I don't know why. Yeah. Is Eddie wow. so like technically perfect, Alex? You just got to get his feel, which a lot of drummers. I grew up on Van Halen playing drums, so. Wow,
0: but, so, so 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 for the group assembled, I'm going to let Scott do the introduction. We have another <laughs> surprise guest.
1: It's it's actually I'd forgotten that uh, this this fellow is going to join us tonight, so we'll bring him on and let him introduce himself. Uh, I see he's got a beautiful Christmas tree there. Yo. Good evening, Bud.
7: How you doing? How you doing? How's it going? Dude. It's happening. Uh, How's it going? Very good.
1: So, uh, Brad, it's you want really to introduce holiday. or Bud, you want to introduce yourself so everybody knows who you are? <laughs> yeah,
7: I am the lead singer for Brad's band, Romeo Delight. My band. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> he doesn't say that Brad's private.
1: <laughs> so he's, he's playing the part of Dave, pretty much. Yeah, well, look at all Or Sammy, games. or a I little bit of
5: both. Band
7: for you guys, so. you guys do you guys do hagar as well we do just a couple hagar songs but it's primarily Dave because that's what everybody wants you know mostly yeah Yeah. i mean
5: you know and it's funny too we're talking about drummers and we're talking about this it's like i said when i saw that my first concert it was like it was the whole it was the band like off and i i don't and like i said before i'll never forget it but you know one of the coolest things for me being a guy that got to uh you know, being in a mega band that plays in arenas, and uh, say you know, John Douglas, uh, who's t- teching for Tico last year and teched for Alex for like 20 years. Um, right. I would show up early at Bon Jovi concerts, I mean, at Bon Jovi sound checks before the band got there, and we would jam Van healing in an arena. Wow, <laughs> that's cool, man! That
1: is very and, cool. And, and we saw a video <laughs> of that, it's awesome. And you we, got a chance we, to play with Mike Anthony, right? Now.
3: The video
5: was, uh, the video was, um, on fire yeah, but then one night we played uh we played uh light up the sky and it was so good on the last we did our last show at bridgestone arena in uh nashville last year uh at the end of april and i was like i'm talking to the sound guy i go hey man can you record this like multi-track on pro tools and he goes yeah no problem and then i talked to the uh tony bon jovi who's like our, our visual guy i go hey can you get your cameras on this and he's like Fuck yeah so <laughs> and then um so we did that. We did Light Up the Sky, the last thing. We did two takes, actually. And they just ran it. And they ran the cameras. And the funny thing about the session is nothing. But the cameras are like, hey, man, can you just throw that on a thumb drive and give it to me? And he's like, "Ah, uh, it's 500 gig. And I'm like, <laughs> for the visual? Fuck, dude, come on. A little bit. But anyways, he ended up telling me a big drive. But the whole funny thing about that song is, uh, is, again, I was just, when I listened to it, and we got uh, Jeff Scott Soto to sing it, and we have talked to Michael Anthony about playing bass and and singing backgrounds, but we just haven't been able to get to that point. But uh, uh, he's down, and that's good enough for me. Uh, it'll just delay when it comes out. But the whole funny thing is, when I listen to it, I'm just really, really, really proud that I, I nailed so many Eddie nuances in one go. Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, oh man, I got... The- I got the intro. oh that verse sucks. You know, it's, it's, a <laughs> thing. So with well, so that's
1: a good point, Phil. I mean, Eddie, aside from being a virtuoso as a soloist and and come up with these ingenious ideas and noises, come making this guitar make noises that nobody knew a guitar could make. uh He's a phenomenal rhythm player. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, yeah. like, he just just throwing down these rhythm tracks. And and they even have their own you know unique spin like on the one is kind of tricky, oh, as, yeah. as Brad pointed out. That, that um, swing,
6: that swing cool. man. It's but like, it's
1: still it's still a rhythm guitar part. Yeah, yeah. Brad, do you, guys, do you guys
6: do Hang 'em High? Um, you can do Hang 'em High, right, Bud?
4: Sure. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of guitar players have trouble with that
6: riff. No, that yeah, that's one. A, no, that's, that one. That's, that's that intro actually kind of got a little bit. Easy for some reason, and I yeah, was like, yeah, a All lot right, of I don't YouTube why, but videos
5: that's fine, you know. That,
6: that's like an I'm the One kind
5: of so many things in there. yeah. So I got that, oh. that track uh, from top to bottom when you listen to Isolated. It's like I get goosebumps, like it's oh, like, it's oh, it's unreal. I'm the One, yeah. no. Well, that <clears> one <throat> originally, but when I listened to Hang 'em High a few weeks ago,
4: goosebumps, oh, yeah, oh, yeah man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know Scott, how true it is, but they yeah. said Eddie did Omda am one in one take, which is wow. just completely insane. I don't think that's true. <laughs> like on many interviews. I it was four takes. With-
5: hundred <laughs> takes? <laughs> I, I said, Scott,
0: I, I took, for the, for the last four days, all I've listened to is Van Halen. And I actually sent Scott a video, uh, you know, because we talk all the time about, about Eruption on this show. And I listened to it in the right frame of mind. And I sent Scott a video of the hair sticking up on my arm.
1: I'm like, why is he sending me a picture of his hairy ass arm? <laughs> <laughs> and then when, he played, when I played the audio, you could yeah. literally see the hair standing up on his arm. It was really crazy.
0: Yeah, but it was. But, but I, have, I have a comment. If, you, if your
1: first, music can yeah. make your hair, someone's hair stand up on yeah. their arm, literally... It did I mean that's <laughs> it was emotional. It was
0: straight up emotional. It is but, emotional. But after it, my to this day
4: that that eruption
6: yeah. still sounds as fresh as like as if it just came out.
0: It's ridiculous. Um, well I
6: think everybody everybody here can definitely remember ex- at the exact point, the exact time they first yeah. heard it. Yeah. And they and they can definitely feel those feelings that are associated with it without yeah. a doubt.
3: And then
0: here, multiply you know? it by a hundred or a thousand because we've lost Eddie. And yeah. there's this emotional component. So, while uh, Eddie was alive, you would still get the goosebumps, but now there's like an emotional piece to it uh, because he, you know, he's our hero, you know. So, I want, I want to
5: ask everybody the same the same question
0: and I want everybody
5: to throw in. When I listened to the demos of all these songs that never got released, I felt like a kid listening to a new Van Halen record.
3: Ooh. You know? Yeah. And
5: I was like, but, but the thing was, there were so many familiar parts. Like you'd be listening to She's a Woman and it busts into the bridge, the breakdown of Mean Street or there's another uh, fast tempo song and Dave goes, we'll take a whiskey to a pot tonight," And I'm like, what the? You know, it's like,
7: <laughs> <laughs> took me to the, a whole other place. And yeah. go, somebody add to that. You know, I spent a you know- whole summer listening to those demos but I got my, my one buddy made me a copy. And I was like, like you said, it was like brand new Van Allen album. I couldn't believe it. I was freaking out. Like you said, all the little different nuances and the pieces that came together. It was, it just, it sounded great and it sounded fresh, even though it wasn't super produced, but it sounded just so killer. Just the way it was, you know? It sounded hungry. Yeah, exactly.
6: Yeah. yeah.
1: I was in, uh, I was in college at the college radio station and, uh, well, you yeah, know, we had records back then. Cause you know, I'm old and, uh. They had the original Van Halen record in their arsenal of records they had there, and it was already it was already a, a few years old uh, It came out in what seventy eight I guess and uh I guess I was at the radio station in the early eighties, but it was still sort of kind of fresh and my radio show was playing alternate cuts instead of hits that that was my college radio show so i I pulled the record out very familiar with the record there's tons and tons of writing on it from all the djs over the years listen to this track listen to that listen to eruption it was it was so much fun to read all the handwriting from all the djs of all the that that ever heard the song for the first time and their and their comments about each song which was fantastic wow and that was that was really cool I phil, phil what
4: i hear the most when i listen to those demos i mean you're right it sounds totally raw and it has that energy but you can see what a genius ted templeton was yeah, yeah. totally to like to hone in roth with melodies yeah. and make them songs you know it makes you realize how important a producer well, it, was to that band
5: first record and you're like holy shit! but they had it together like big bird could produce this record yeah but then you listen to the gene simmons demos And that was a miss. So, yeah, Templeman and Don Landy, man, they they got their hands on that and they made it. Yeah, they honed it in.
3: Thank
5: God.
0: Not not everyone who watches this show will will know as much about Van Halen. Someone take the reins and tell us, because we know it. We've talked about it on the show, the Gene Simmons piece of it. Because we all know it, but not everyone will, about how Gene Simmons really was the catalyst for their success. Any of you guys know the, the full story? I sort of know, you know, Brad?
7: Yeah, he went down He went down and saw them that one night and, right. uh, and he said there wasn't that many people in the room, but yep. they still played like they were on fire and they put out like 100% like they were playing an arena. And he said, I know like Ted Templeman, the first time he saw him, he said it was kind of like falling in love with a girl. He said, I, I fell in love with his guitar playing. I had romanticized about him and the way he played. And it was like one of the best musicians he had ever seen in his whole entire life. And that's, you know, that's it. it. So that was It, it was is. It.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It's such a great story. They, there were maybe two or three people mm-hmm. watching them play. Mm-hmm. And then but Gene's there. And that's all that really mattered. For We wouldn't be here right now if Gene and hadn't the, seen him
4: play. The funny thing is, it, it actually pissed off Paul Stanley. Yep. Yeah. I, the, him, Billicoe, I,
6: I didn't know, know that. Yeah. I was off. just gonna say I remember Paul Stanley's point of view because I read his book and uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like he was like and Gene disappeared and then all of a sudden he was producing Van Halen and hats <laughs> on them and like Paul got really pissed off. <laughs> you know? and, but then, and then, uh, I mean, his but, management
0: uh, predicted that um, Van Halen would never take off. That's yeah. Gene yeah, Billicoe, lost his. Billicoe he couldn't Billicoe keep his fingers in it. Yeah.
1: Let's talk a little bit about Ben um, Halen, and the Innovator. You know, with his inventions and stuff, uh, we're all familiar with the D-tuna, right? Which yeah, which we absolutely. really can't live without now. I have it on a lot of my guitars. As a cover band guy, you always got to jump from a drop D to an E all the time. Um, and and but what I came across, which I didn't know, but I, I've seen pictures of it, is this little platform thing that puts the guitar straight like this. Yeah, the 1984 like a, tour, sort of like a. Yeah, so you can. Like do a the, bookshelf for a guitar, but it like, holds the uh, guitar straight out, and so you can play yeah, it like yeah, know, kind of. He, got that he a has a patent on that. Yeah, but that
4: it, they, they,
6: they never produced it. No. You got a patent, a patent on, the, on, the, on the Drop to Hell as well, but they never really did a mass produce on that either. I think yeah. it drops, uh, drops a string to like a low B or something like that instead of a D tuna. Oh, something yeah. like that. It's on As Is on the Different Kind of Truth album. That was right. like the drop to hell but they never really made that either but uh, interesting yeah you know what i was thinking that i don't think people
4: give eddie enough credit for and maybe, <clears throat> maybe i'm wrong he that fair warning album was so heavy and i didn't know until i tried to learn it like sinner swing and um with dirty movies there's so much drop d on that album that it's so oh, fucking yeah. heavy like when i was a drummer and i first heard unchained that go that eighth note kick drum i was like what yeah. the fuck is that i didn't know what it was but i think van halen is not especially eddie they're not think how many like pantera and metal bands took that drop d because i was in a metal band at one point and every chord was one finger we used to drop the <laughs> yeah. c yeah. Yeah. but eddie was like the beginning of that am, am i yeah. wrong phil um, i don't it, know I who it, else did that actually it was actually c sharp
5: so because it was Drop the and a semi But just the down. concept of being
4: in drop in drop tuning. No, I think
5: um I think uh, there was some before that. I think uh Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young as a, a low- But G- I mean Eddie's
4: the one that brought it into like metal and made like people want to start doing like chunky whoa, 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 riffs. Whoa,
5: whoa, Van Halen ain't metal, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you you mentioned you want, mentioned on fire is wanna, wanna heavy metal.
0: That's a whole show. <laughs> because they, they were always worried about that, right? You know you
4: what's know, funny? The and it- first album is very heavy metal. You got Atomic Punk, you got On Fire, they're real heavy. They... The first album, is besides Fairy in a world warm, of disco, it sounded, heavy sounded
1: really heavy. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah.
4: what's that?
6: <laughs> Do a little dance, make a
1: little, and they go
4: dance. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. heavy stuff. He played like, that yeah. in drop C,
5: <laughs> but the drop, yeah. But in Unchained, it's what's really cool about that is that he's actually hitting the chords not as heavy, but then really pounding on that low
1: E string. Yeah, it's so actually, hard that that actually goes out of tune a little. It bit. It
5: actually goes a little sharp because he he's, hitting, he's hitting, it too hitting it so hard. hard and yeah. He realizes it and backs off. I love little details like that. I, yeah. That's the stuff that makes me go, holy fucking shit. Because he, I mean, and then they keep it. You know, how many bands would go,
4: wait, wait, wait,
5: wait, right. dude, do it
1: do it, over. It's no good. Yeah. Well, Brad, do yeah.
4: you, you guys play So This Is Love? Yes. Next time you listen to that song, listen to the snare drum. Alex starts hitting it at different points of the snare drum, where you know the way they record now, they take one pop, so it's going but down down to pop it changes. You'll never oh. hear that again.
2: Okay. Like, yeah, there was a
4: lot of stuff, Van Halen. I, I always I'd love to ask Alec if he did Alex if he did it on purpose.
1: Oh. Like, I knew all that drum nuance shit. All I know is this thing was a was so much fun to make. There's so many holes and the weird things going on here. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> so
1: I, I will introduce that's our at it.
0: That's another surprise guest.
6: This one was fun to make too. Oh, I
1: need the yellowing, Brad. You got to yellow that thing. That was my brother's contr- contribution. Uh, I will eventually, but yeah. yeah, he got. He told me to buy translucent yellow paint and put a little teeny bit on a rag and wipe the whole thing down, so it looks and, like it. And, and let it me tell you, it it drunk, the shit out of it.
0: Drunk, <laughs> drunk Dave was playing at Scott's guitar yesterday. He was. And uh, Very Drunk Dave was playing it. <laughs> and uh, it plays... Gore- Scott did such a beautiful job videotape on that.
1: me. Hold on, I got the video. Yeah. You want to see it real quick? Yeah, let's see the video. Right, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, he caught, he caught me in the act. I yeah. was in the zone. <laughs> I had a couple of glasses of wine in me, and I was sitting down at his house, wailing away on the Sounds really great. Anyway, it's fun. Hey, to Brad, me. I
4: I have a question for you guys that that do the Romeo's delight. When we did the Van Halen, like during the pandemic, we were all bored. So, yeah, I just figured let's put a Van Halen tribute. We had like a bunch of guitar players. It was fun because I actually played drums, guitar. We had five guitar players, five drummers. But I noticed I I, I love all the deep cuts like Out of Love again, you know. Half the band didn't know the songs yeah. we were putting together. And now the last Van Halen show we did, we almost made it like a Diver Down album. It was a lot of like poppy shit and covers. But right, do you right. guys find when you play, if you do like, you know, DOA or um, I don't know, Light of yes. The Sky, songs that well, you,
6: people wouldn't know? Well, what we've, uh, what we've been doing is we've been doing shows where you showcase albums. It's the only oh. Van Halen tribute band who actually does that. We wow. actually showcase albums, which is pretty cool. So we'll play Van Halen 1 start to finish. And then, you know, second, you know, intermission. And then. What's the start. hardest album to play so far? Uh, 1984 was a real MFR. I got to tell don't you. Gone bad and top Jimmy, yeah. right? Top Jimmy. That's how do you do that? Top Jimmy. <laughs> top Jimmy. I actually had the AB. I bought one of those stands that, you know, a guitar goes on. You walk up to it. So I had to A B because it's got that tuning and then you A B so you can solo and then you're back to so oh I had to God. use two guitars for one song. And then of wow. course, you know, um what should we call it? Uh geez. Girl gone um, bad? Girl gone bad, that one is just, you know, getting that timing correct, but we got it. And then House of Pain, just House that intro pain. along. We just we just kind of were like, okay, let's just make sure we all land on the F-sharp. <laughs> you're the making me want to listen
1: to 1984 again. Like
6: it sounds album. out of time on the album. House of so Pay just, with like,
1: their old demos. Let's,
6: let's just about make about it, I, it, yeah. It's great
5: Tones, when you're doing, you got to change the tone if you're going from record
6: to record, right? Because 1984 I, I, is cleaner. I, one, and two. Yeah. I, I kind of don't tell you the truth. I just, uh, I have an EVH 5153, and I just dial it up to where it sounds big and chunky, and I don't know, the people seem to love it. Go it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. it you
5: works. know, what, when we did that, uh, when I recorded Light Up The Sky with uh, at, at the Bon Jovi soundcheck before the band got there, we, uh, people, you know, when I listen to it, I go, man, that's really, really close. But when I play... um you know uh, for instance uh, raise your hands that's close too it's almost like it's the approach of the playing and this is what i learned i had to learn um, jump to play cuz i never had a keyboard player so I, I i didn't learn jump until july to play it in indonesia and i was i was listening to an isolated track and i'm like this got to be a cover cuz it's 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 ed not go being ed
0: <laughs> yeah
5: and playing a C chug with the, the, you know, the G and the the F and the G. And it's like, wait a minute. That's, it, it's not a special part. It's not a special tone. It's not a special, uh, it could be anybody. But then the solo kicks in and it's Ed. Then yeah. it's
0: pure Ed. Then it's really, pure Ed.
5: That really confirmed to me that it's a lot about the hands.
1: What do you guys it's think awesome. about him playing keyboards and stuff? Like, if you were in that band and you had this phenomenal guitar player. Now that David Lee Roth is famous for saying you're you're a guitar god. What do you what do you what are do you doing with the piano? Well, if, if you wrote a song like Jump, uh, <laughs> I'd feel pretty good about it.
6: <laughs> you know, I'd feel pretty good about it. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. why not? You know
4: to this day I'd love to try to learn uh, right now I have many piano players that play in my band. None of them can play right now. Or they have a real trouble with it. Really? Uh, Eddie's stretch! It's like and and back to his timing. His his timing yeah. is not what a piano player would do.
0: Wow, so, that's the an last show we take. did.
4: I won't I won't say his name. The last freehold show we did, my main keyboard guy that really pulls off Eddie's shit pretty well, couldn't do it. So I I recruited another guy. The week of, he was like, dude, I am fucking flipping out. I feel like I have a fever. I can't believe how great of a piano player Eddie Van Halen was. <laughs>
5: I would recruit a sequencer. <laughs> <laughs> <And> pres- <laughs> well, I wanted to have it
4: live, and you know, I mean, it is what it is. But well, I mean, that's what it, we it's heard a testament Sir. to how good Eddie is on the piano. I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy just we'll, did everything we'll, great.
0: So, speaking of non-guitars, I, I, for our uh, Romeo Delight guys on the panel, but really for everyone, you know, I had did a lot of thinking on my deep dive over the last few days, and. You were to ask me before I did that, um, you know, who who am I? Who do, am I a Hagar guy? Am I a Roth guy? I would have said Hagar because these days kind of love Sammy. Always loved Sammy. I've seen him live. I've seen him with Ben Allen. And today, Sammy's voice is a thousand times better than Roth's voice, and he's, you know, he's a guitar player and all that. But when I did my deep dive, I I personally reached the conclusion that Roth was a genius, a troubled, wonderful, wacky genius. And I don't know that we can give um, Sammy that. I love Sammy, but I don't know if, if people are going to say Sammy's a musical genius, an innovative genius. But put had more commercial success than Raw.
1: I think for me, I you know, I, I, Sammy's the more polished singer, right? Yeah. But sometimes polish is not... Good in rock and roll. I mean, there, it, the, so many early rock and roll artists weren't polished, and that's what made them great. Yeah, you know that's why I, I kind of get, I, I got sick of the American Idol thing. But yeah. no lack of respect for those guys. A lot of them are, are phenomenal singers. But if you put, I don't know, Fick a singer. If you put Mick Jagger on on a show like that, he would he would be he would have made He would, it. Be, he, would yeah. be, eh, eh, he would have got xed off right away.
5: I uh, I gotta I gotta jump on the the pedestal right now and just say uh as much as i am a, a ned disciple and and love and geek out and can't stop geeking out about his work of art his body of work uh when it was eat Him and smile or 5150 it was eat Him and smile 100 percent yeah. I, I
4: cried when I heard Sammy Hagar was joining Van Halen at 15 years old. I was like, the 3 lock box <laughs> guy? I was like, fucking killed him. <laughs> but I, I love him now, and I heard... I watch YouTube too much. When they when they fired Sammy, Alex Van Halen was saying, he writes like a fucking 14-year-old bubblegum pop songs. But that's mm. what was great about Roth. Roth was so... You yes. ever see the Joe Rogan interview? Like, whenever Roth on yes. Rogan, it's the only time I watch for three hours. As nutty as he is, it, it may, he's just so goddamn interesting. Yeah. He's, like, what yeah. rock star would be an EMT in his 40s? It's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just well, yeah. nuts. I got, I got lucky
5: last year when uh, I was talking to Michael Anthony, and he was like, uh, hey, what songs do you want to do at the fundraiser coming up? Uh, Sammy's going to be there. Do you want to play any Sammy? And I'm like, uh, well, because we were going to do, eight, we did Ain't Talking About Love, and Michael sang it. It was, And then it's funny, because I'm like, so am I singing your Harmony he goes, No, I'm singing lead and I'm singing my harmony. And, like, You're the okay. boss, dude. and then you go, I gotta be honest, man, I don't know any Sammy Halen. And he's like, No, it's cool, man. Let's do rock candy. I'm like, hmm. what? I was like, I learned that when I was 13, and that was like, Okay, that's and that night was so amazing because Sammy was just
2: Scott.
5: Sammy. We have a picture of those two playing together,
0: right? And, I do. Look at this!
4: I'll say this: the first three Sammy albums, Eddie had some amazing guitar on those albums. Oh, look at that!
3: Look at that. Uh, look at that.
1: I stole oh. that right off the video. <laughs> 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 Reese Frame. <laughs> uh, okay, well,
4: I you know um, you're talking about fifty-one fifty. Fifty-one fifty is my least favorite album of all time, but oh, you eight one two and the fuck album were great. Ah. I really got into those albums I so, love the tone when OU812 came out I bought my one and only Marshall 800 that my, my friend gave back to me thank god it's worth like four <laughs> grand he's like don't <laughs> sell it but I remember I was and I ran into Vernon Reed and he was digging my plane I was like holy shit there goes a the guy from Living Color but right. once I once I hit an open chord on that Marshall I go that's all Eddie that uses because yeah. remember I was getting back to it wasn't that over distorted it yes. made me it made me practice clean for a long time exactly so you can't like you because you're right the more gain I listen at this point like Brad when I'm doing my Van Halen shows fuck it. I had a little extra gain of there's course. no one in the crowd anymore like this you know so That's any little help I can get the better but
6: I'm the yeah. I got
4: you <laughs> That's- that hits other aspects
5: in life too, because I'd be in the studio and recording a solo for somebody's record, and then the engineer'd go, "Sounds like you need more gain," and I'd be like, "Wait, before we get more gain, let me just adjust these guys But double amp, it to the amp." You know, so I I would do that. I would like, oh, I would pick lighter, because when you when you hit a tone like that really hard, it tends to fart. So I'd kind of back it off, back off the picking, hit it a little less and just make sure the hands are tight and he goes hey what'd you do I go oh, I just played different and he's like oh okay and it works but that's the thing with Ed when you when you really learn that you can't have all that gain to hide everything right. uh, to me I mean we could vote on this I'd rather see somebody play less accurate and be full of fire and attitude and recklessness than to hear somebody play it accurate with no fire. Mm. Yeah, you mean fire is like like feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Did you guys ever hear the Ted Nugent story? You had to hear that one, right? Yeah, of course. Do you guys know that one? Tell it.
0: No, no, I want to hear it.
4: I think it's the coolest story. And You know, when I used to take lessons from Bumblefoot, he used to play an Ibanez Roadstar for 200 bucks, and that dude (laughs) fucking slam, you know? so it always made me think it is in your fingers it's it's not yeah. your amp it's not your guitar but eddie van halen said when he came on the scene ted nugent was the big gun at the time and ted swore it was his amp and eddie just said like in the article so i i grabbed ted's guitar i played sounded like me he goes when ed went to when ted went to play eddie's guitar i guess eddie just had it so fucking loud and radical he said ted nugent couldn't control it he's like it's all, all right. in. So everyone's different, you know. Everyone heard, has their I own I heard I heard it that uh, yeah. Ted plugged into Ed's rig and just sounded like Ted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course, like but he's saying he couldn't control the the craziness of it. Right.
0: So almost like you're getting into a hot rod that you just you you can't, you know, you've got that you know, 9 if, seconds zero to sixty kind if of if you
4: thing. notice the louder your ramp and the higher you're like getting those harmonics, you need a certain kind of like push from your amp if you're not oh, going to use a lot of gain. Definitely. that's how Eddie got those those harmonics so clean because he was so fucking loud he had the very vari, the very act where you you know you heard that story where he bought like an English amp and that's when he realized but being that his amp was just so goddamn raging like you said like like a hot rod he yeah, knows yeah. how to control it and like right. but it, it gives him that clean like tapping sound right. I noticed if I have too much gain and I go to do like the little. Taps and push come to shove, they don't come out. There's too much going on.
0: How many people on this panel own Double Live Gonzo? What's that? How many people on the panel own Double Live Gonzo?
4: I feel bad to say, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that, oh, that
0: I say, yeah, I saved, I saved $14 for that double album back in Dude, the day. I, I like
4: Ted more now than I did it. when I
0: was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I
4: wore it out. Ted yeah.
5: was my guy before Ed, like right before. Like So when I was 11, I was dropping the needle on Double Live Gonzo, and I saw him a bunch of times at Maple Leaf Gardens, and uh, and it's it's really cool because I got to uh, I get, I've, I've uh, Derek St. Holmes has become a friend since the Hired Gun documentary, and he is 70 hmm. and still sings Stranglehold better than Double Live Gonzo when he was like 23 or 24. Something. Uh... Some of these guys just
6: age, not age right it's amazing i saw them i I saw them on the uh kiss farewell tour in 2000 with uh you know the original members and everything he opened up for for kiss was in hershey park it was awesome it was amazing it was amazing he was very mad at janet reno that night but
1: it was great. <laughs> Rage is good for rock and roll though, no matter where yeah. it comes from. Yeah, politically true. or otherwise. Yeah. Guys, I
4: gotta say very I gotta say something extremely unheavy metal in rock and roll. I gotta bail, I have to talk to a wedding couple.
0: Okay. <laughs> I love that gig. How unmetal is there we that? go, that's all right. It's all it. good. It's all part Maybe of it.
4: Maybe their wedding song is, you know, a Van Halen song this When it's love.
3: I'll
0: try that's to, right. It to that, That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right.
4: Great, great yeah. meeting all you guys. It was really you a pleasure, too. And honor Joe, to be Thank you so much. Thank right, you so Joe.
1: much,
0: guys. Thank you. Take
3: care. I'm in. Bye, Joe.
0: Oh, now we can see the Van Halen background. Yeah, we Damn.
3: can.
0: oh So I. All right. So here's another sort of topic, and we we've been hitting the fringes of this, um, and actually Joe talked a lot about it. The the incredible rhythm section of Michael and Alex. Yes. What? It, how did that help Eddie? You know, because when I'm listening, I'm happiest when Eddie. I'm happiest when Eddie's not playing a lead. I'm happiest when he's playing rhythm with those guys. It's insane. It's fat. It's well, you know, mean. It's heavy.
5: Out of love again.
0: Yeah. Alex, is ridiculous on that. Oh, yeah.
5: And uh, obviously, you know, Michael's in his pocket. And it, it just created an incredible canvas yeah. for Ed to do.
1: I feel like that and Ed, I, Ed, uh, Ed and Alec used to kind of just sort of go in a room and jam for hours and come up with absolutely. stuff without a bass player. And then they put the bass in and yeah. then lock it in that, that way. Well, well that's crazy thing
5: is something just, something just came out. Um, it was uh, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen jamming War Pigs in like, I don't know, 74 mm-hmm. or something. And Ed singing. I don't know if you guys heard no, that, no, it's online. Oh,
1: no. well, I'll be going with the little that the show's like.
5: People are like, That's not Ed, it doesn't sound like Ed. I'm like, Well, you've only been playing for a year, shut <laughs> up. You know, <laughs> is that Alex, as a young drummer, is fucking locked. Right. Oh, yeah,
3: oh. like,
5: Oh my god, he's so on. Huh? And that's that's really, really, uh, that that's Eddie totally,
1: Eddie. Uh, Eddie started this as, as a drummer, if I recall, when they were kids. That's right, correct.
0: He he fought with Alex, exactly. and they switched. Yep. Yeah. I don't think he played that much, but he, so he but he
1: had he some. Really he had some rhythm. Now, a lot of a lot of guitar players don't have the rhythm. They just don't have. Yeah, them. but they played, with, they played with their dad
5: in jazz yeah. bands. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of rhythm and the bounce, right. yeah,
6: the bounce and the swing came from that for, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think i think alex is one of the most underrated drummers like you should not that you don't hear about him but like you should hear about him more because he he really like you know there's not a lot of drummers out there for me anyways i mean this to my ears that you hear and you go oh wow that's this person that's that person you know there's a lot of drummers out there a lot of drummers sound the same you know but like but like i think like there's drummers like alex you know it's Alex when Alex is playing. You know it's Ginger Baker when you hear Ginger Baker. Yeah, yeah. You know so on and so forth. Like there's certain drummers like that. I just I just don't think he gets the credit. Like he should get more than he already got.
0: That's I think it's because he's in a yeah. band with Eddie, right?
6: Yeah. Well, you get right.
5: Yeah. Uh, I hated the electronic yeah, drums know.
1: that he had though for a couple of songs. They were terrible. <laughs> I know Joe eight.
5: mentioned Sinner Swing, guitar, but Sinner Swing on drums is one of my favorite drum tracks. Oh yeah.
1: For sure, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, he, in, in a world of
0: you know Bonham's and
1: Neil Peart's and stuff, you know, you you don't hear his
0: name mentioned enough. That's true. He doesn't come up in the conversation. You he know, probably should. You know, as, I was as, just
1: as ultimate huge.
0: Yeah, drumming I mean, heroes. Think about like you know, I mean, it, it's per, it's per, very very popular, so it's not at an obscure track, but hot for teacher. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah,
3: dude. I mean,
0: the, you know, t- to listen. You know, now we take it for granted because it, it's an over, it's in a good way an overplayed song, but when I mean the first time any one of us heard that that yeah. that drum intro, right? I mean, I it, was it,
1: thinking to myself, how, how where are they going with this? This is like yeah. really crazy, busy drumming. How are they going to play this? <laughs> and <then> he comes <laughs> with that with <laughs> that lick, and I'm like, oh my god! Now that yeah. sounds like the culmination of just the two of them messing around yeah. in a studio somewhere, and they just came up with this little. Diddy, and then they made a whole song out of it.
6: Yeah, I think Alex's snare drum is very iconic. I think the snare drum sound is very like, wow. When I hear that snare, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the old Ludwig LM something four hundred two or whatever. I'm not. It's probably the wrong model number. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my my brother has that snare drum because he's a drummer, and he gets it to sound like Alex's, and it's just that that snare is a
1: magical snare. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
6: I think Diver down is when he really
5: nailed yeah. it. Yeah. I think the snare on Diver Down is like, oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. And,
0: and everything just derives from that, you know. And yeah. then, and then and then put Michael in there. I mean, we haven't sure. even talked about for for Bud, you know, what Michael's harmonies did for Dave and then later Come on. Sammy. Come on. It's yeah. you know, and now you do hear you do hear Michael coming up in the conversation. You hear Michael and Alex coming up I don't. Before Eddie died, I don't think he did. Yeah. Not as much. I, you know, I think everyone thought they were really good, but now yeah, I think
1: definitely unappreciated members of the of the band.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say something about Michael Anthony
5: right now. Yeah. Like, when when I went to that that fundraiser that I played, and he played all night, and he played with the band that was there, the house band, and uh, John Five was there, so they, they got up, he got up, and they played some uh, some Motley Crue. And they went in to kickstart my heart. Like, oh,
3: this is what Monty
5: sounds with a great bass player.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, to be a dick. Oh, not to be a dick.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, it doesn't even have to be a famous man. I could tell you that I've played with some bass players as a former drummer and my dad being a drummer and being around drummers like almost my whole childhood life. Um, you get the wrong bass player, and you just like it's like dragging an anchor around the stage with you all night.
6: Yeah, it sure. all falls apart if your if your bass player sucks or your drummer sucks.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. it all yeah. completely brutal.
1: I can even play with a bad drummer. I can't play with a bad bass player. <laughs> it just it just it sucks yeah. so bad. <laughs> You can't, you can't, you can't feel, you can't connect. Like it just yeah. doesn't glue, glue the whole thing together. And,
0: and then the flip side of it is, I guess, really what we're saying: when you have an amazing bass player like Michael,
3: yeah.
0: it, it, a rising tide lifts all ships, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, and then you put him with Alex. Holy shit!
3: Sorry. You know, like,
0: and that was my my renewed mm-hmm. appreciation. I thought I was listening for the past four or five days to listen to Eddie, and I turned out that's not what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I already knew what That's to expect from Eddie, and I started to listen. I just, my ears took me somewhere else. and That's the
6: thing that makes Ooh. Van Halen so special, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's, yes, a giant part of it is Eddie, of course, but it's not all Eddie. Like yeah. you know, I, I think the thing that makes Van Halen so special is that you do have Alex, you do have Mike, of course you have Eddie, you know, you have Dave or you have Sammy, and it's just, you know, and the whole Davey-Sam thing, like, they were two different bands. You know, it was Eddie. Yeah that's
2: the way that i
5: look at that you know? I always didn't keep the name van halen when they got Sammy in the band because to me it wasn't van halen but yeah you know what i think yeah. you know you know what makes great uh spark friction <laughs> that's true and dave and ed were like this oh, yeah. the
0: whole time and I'll
5: yeah.
0: you, sam and dave were like this <laughs> Wait, what, what was that phil can you show us no what's rock more
5: man come on
3: <laughs>
5: you know it's just obvious to me like those guys were just you
0: know man i'm getting all the chicks and that yeah i got fucking new
5: licks fuck you
0: right then, well but look at um pete and roger pete and roger got in fist fights. you know oh yeah and you're right that's a really good point for that for that creative artistic energy i mean what is drama right yeah, exactly. drama is friction friction is drama yeah. you're right and, and, and there there is that's sammy you can you can't
1: write a good love song unless you broke up with somebody
0: that's right yeah <laughs> or got bro- broken up with right imagine
1: if every relationship was was harmonious and beautiful we wouldn't get some ang- we wouldn't have any angry love songs
0: no not a
1: one
7: yeah you got to have that edge in there you got to <laughs> It's the only way you
5: get the fire and the spark, you know. Oh, for real. So when's Romeo Delay coming to LA?
7: Uh we're we're looking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we're not what? sure. <laughs>
1: this is West Coast cats. East yeah. Coast cats, I mean. Yeah, yeah we're, we're uh... East
7: Coast. We're East Coast right now. <laughs> Hopefully come out there. You guys
1: do a lot of a lot of shows though. Oh, my God, your your roster's loaded.
7: Yeah, we're so all lucky. Buddy. It's all yeah. buddy. I mean
6: he's a he's a booking maniac. I don't know how he does it, man. And, and like, shows
7: he gets are, like, amazing. Yeah. Wow. you got to keep connecting with people and, you know, just share the love of Van Halen once you get into the theater. Like, make sure you ooze it all over the crowd. And they yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what?
5: It's like whether – I think whether you're doing a tribute like you guys are or whether you're just doing your own thing, uh, I learned from Van Halen to, you know – go on stage and I'm I'm a fan right so I go to see bands and I know what I want to see on stage so that's what I exude when I get on stage right yeah. whether I'm you know playing a cover set for at a party or somewhere or whether I'm just rocking the, the you know the fuck out with my band the drills I just know where it's going to go and what's got to happen and that's when you know, you you in the finale, I'm gonna get abducted by an, uh, a spaceship and look, watch me throw the guitar into the audience or, <laughs> or, or <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's happening right now? Dude, one you of, got
1: loud one and of Dad's like, band moments, right, Dave? Uh, that's it's, right. The difference between yeah, but, playing performing.
0: That's right. And, or, and what happened?
5: It's like. <laughs> Well, the four rock man, you become it becomes a part of you, and you become a part of it, and it's something that if you always know what you're doing, and you're always just just you're not in the moment, you're thinking and all that stuff. That's not rock and roll, man. Rock,
0: yeah. yeah. all four of you guys play for your audience by being true to yourselves. Well, I think that's important too. You have to be true to. Sure. Yeah, but, and then, think, but I've seen it. We, we talked. when We had you on the show. That's what you do. i You, go you are as authentic as they come. Because I mean,
5: you know what? I can tell by just talking to you guys that it's
0: it's not just the tribute thing. It's
5: literally uh, taking it somewhere. You know? Yeah. It's and that's what it needs to be.
1: We're all inspired like, by it. But we, we, I think, well, I mean, Brad's in a different situation. I mean, he's he's expected to cover the king as close as he can get i i'm not (laughs) expected to do that but i do take like uh, pointers as far as the performance goes you can't stand there like a stone yeah and be great on the guitar yeah i like almost similar what you said before you could be kind of a shitty guitar player (coughs) me and uh jump around the stage and 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 people remember the show and have a good time at the show they're not bored out of their mind
7: right I think Mm if you could do it all, if you can go out there and put out all that energy and keep your performance like I know for me, like I really want to bring those melodies with a lot of breath and open air and fullness to it so people can hear the clarity and the and really the like the the way that Roth wrote those melodies and the way that Eddie wrote all that music, you really want to bring it, you just want to create that richness to the best you can, the best of your ability, you know, tons of energy. But real open and clean, I love. And, 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 I
1: you, love I, and as far as jumping around stage, bud, you must be a maniac if you're going to pull yeah. off all those David yeah. Lee Roth moves. Bent of- in your back. <laughs> if I bent my back like that, I'd, I'd collapse.
0: Uh, I don't even tie my shoes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing, it's like you're doing cardio the whole time. It's yeah, you yeah.
7: lift,
6: lift yeah. And jumps and shit.
7: Yeah.
6: Oh man, I almost broke my ass up. And uh, where where were we? Where's the Riviera Theater? Oh, the- in uh,
7: New York yeah now. yeah
6: yeah buffalo new york up there i did a scissor kick off a of freaking drum riser i almost i almost broke my ass <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I just went into it i was like all right it's good on just- the video. It's good on the video. <laughs> yeah yeah it looked all right in the video but like but like the landing i was like oh shit. <laughs> it, was, it it's was not wild. the jump it's the landing yeah yeah, yeah. oh ahead. absolutely but, but yeah i did it it was literally it was a lot more frightening than I thought it would be. I, be I have on one jump
1: per show. That's it. That's all they let me do at age 60 is one jump. And i tell you what,
6: off of a freaking drum riser, it was like, there's a lot higher than I thought it would be. Holy yeah.
1: shit. <laughs> Never wild. fell off the stage yet, though.
0: Yet. Oh, yeah. That Sorry. day may
1: come, but I fell off the stage. <laughs> so <Sorry.
0: laughs> oh, well, so So how do we find Romeo? Um, how do well, we find Romeo? If you I, look, you gotta go to um, vanhalentributeband
7: dot yeah. all our stuff is on there, all of it. I have, uh, I'm gonna perfect. sorry, I'm gonna
1: cover your face, guys. But there's there's a QR code for Romeo Delight that'll take yeah, you that, on the website. Actually,
6: the so name good. of the actual website is vanhalentributeband Wow, go there.
7: it is.
0: That's a good URL to own. That's very <laughs> good. <laughs> that's very good. We are lucky. And, and, and Phil, you are omnipresent, uh, but where do we find you? Um, there's there's
1: his little qr code look his at official website
0: no like, don't, don't do that that's that's under construction
1: is it <laughs> <laughs> better not be dude i
5: i, I need that needs work uh actually well
1: tell tell us where we should go instead then
5: i mean everything that i talk about everything that i do is all on instagram and that's uh yeah. x 1111 i i just feel like everybody goes there and i mean i'm trying to i tried tiktok for a bit i don't man if you don't put content up all the time you just it becomes this dormant thing and uh dad when i'm home i'm with the kids i'm dad <laughs> i heard <laughs> when i'm at home to be honest yeah. but uh it's it's like uh you know um my fan club is amazing so the official uh philx fan club website
1: they are great yeah it's amazing. i follow you
5: guys they're on instagram I they're like that. hey yeah. can you confirmed that you played on these new records and i'm like Yes, 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 yes. Like, <laughs> Thanks for doing that.
1: I don't. They're awesome. They became part of our little family after we had you on the first time. And uh, yeah. they were, were sharing our stuff and we were, were sharing yeah. their stuff. And, you know, like we, uh, one of the things I try to do is is, is cross communicate with, with everybody else's fan base, including our own. Yeah. Uh, and now Romeo Delight will be part of that uh, club and we'll be sharing exactly. their stuff and tour dates and whatnot. Thank awesome. like, yeah.
0: yeah. Scott, where do we find you?
1: Oh, smoking jackets. We're still playing around here in the Jersey Shore. We uh, we have a big Christmas show coming up in December. I uh, we have a couple of new bits. I think it's at Bar A, uh, in Bar Anticipation in Lake Como, in Belmar. Okay,
5: yeah, I don't Detroit, know where. You see. Like Detroit, Jersey, in Jersey somewhere, on uh, the fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think,
1: I think we're our our show is early December. I think. Oh, so. is that
0: when you're in Jersey?
1: And we're bringing um, we're bringing a, a friends another band's uh, horn section with us. They're, they're going to play with us. Friend Zone oh, okay. is the name of that band, and we're stealing their horn section. So wow. we're going to do Christmas songs with horns and all that stuff. So I won't have to play the kazoo for Born to Run this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played I play a sax solo on kazoo for Born to Run, and it always gets a lot of laughs. <laughs> so you have Good to sing stuff. that into the kazoo And it sucks Because that, that, that sax solo is like Way up there it's not, that's so great. People think I'm just blowing No, I'm not blowing into it I'm singing into it But uh, <laughs> we have a couple of more uh, bits We're going to uh, I got a megaphone for a song We're going to do something with a megaphone Just get that tone Just for shits and giggles and fun That's what. The, it's just a fun band The drummer has little signs that he holds up uh like like the roadrunner you know but he oh, am yeah. I'm, I'm with stupid or put your hands <laughs> together or sing. they're or wonderful I, i've
0: i've seen scott span a hundred times they're fantastic so
1: yeah we're a lot of fun to watch everything he knows he got me.
0: you guys are amazing you guys are a lot of fun
1: thank you brad you're welcome Gab. oh yeah brad you you yeah we opened up for your what the band you were with at the time at uh over there in asbury park that time yeah.
6: It was fun, man. Your your band is fun. You guys do all wacky things. There's signs. You guys are like <laughs> having people audience... Confetti, confetti
1: confetti co- the confetti cannon. Yeah, that makes yeah. an I appearance every once like in a
6: while. Monday Night Raw without all the violence. It's great.
0: <laughs> 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 so, so I gotta say, this was absolutely fantastic, everyone. It's a, It, it was li- literally what Scott and I have been wanting yeah, and hoping bandit. for. Oh no, it, 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 that's
1: rock and roll. You hurt yourself.
0: Oh, dude,
5: I slashed my
1: thumb.
0: Oh. I, I like literally
5: the day before Thanksgiving. Oh,
0: no. oh that's your left I'm, hand, too. No,
5: Yeah, I know, right? So I can, yeah. I can hold a pick. I had to do a session like the next day. Oof. And I was like, I'm thumb picking something. And so anyways, but this is how it works in my house, right? Yeah. So I'm about to peel some potatoes, right? Mm. Oh, no. Watching the new peeler. And it falls out of my hand and I go to grab it with this hand and I actually grab it by the blade. I didn't mean they to. They are me.
0: sharp, those things. And
5: I didn't know it was going to go under my my hand, my thumb, like uh, like going into a turkey. Shoot. And uh, I was like, and my wife's like, you just did that so you wouldn't have to peel potatoes. And I'm like. <laughs>
1: Hello, do you know how I bring home the bacon? <laughs> <laughs> These hands are uh, wait, wait, wait. in the Rock and Roll Hall of that, Fame.
5: I'm, I'm just kidding. Are you Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm like, you just saved yourself. <laughs> I did.
1: I w- I did the smarter thing. I got a flu shot like a couple of days before Thanksgiving and just pretended I was sick. Oh, perfect! <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. Meanwhile, I'm a pharmacist, and she's like, "You're full of shit. You're not sick." Yeah. And get in. Get in there and start feeling potatoes Now she's gonna
5: see the video. She's so gonna be like, "Oh, so you uh, pretended?"
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I came clean. We're Listen, actually ha- we're actually having my wife on uh, on another show. We're going to talk about um, the what the wives have to go through, when, or or spouses have to go through when you're in a when you're a, a band wife or a band husband or whatever.
5: Oh man, that's tough. And all the different things
1: you have to put up with, not being home and yeah. loud practices at home and uh, groupies and <laughs> helping load equipment and all kinds of stuff. She can't wait to get on camera and tell everybody. Yeah.
5: It'll be a good those, one. Uh, oh my god. Well, that's an. Upcoming dude, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I, I, I love geeking out on uh, on Eddie Van Halen yeah. and music and all that stuff. And I, I do think uh, I, I call myself, me and my group of friends, it's getting larger, you know, Disciples of Ed, but I'm also an Eddie Van Halen asshole because <laughs> when people send me stuff like, dude, check this guy out, he's doing this. And I'm like, it's not good enough. <laughs> and it's not that it's not good enough. Like I said earlier, it could be articulate and it could be accurate, but if right. there's no piss and vinegar, I don't. know yeah, you
0: need that. Yeah, you have, you well, have that, to. Have dude, that, dude, wait, wait,
5: wait! Here's a video of this girl. She's yeah. 14 and she nails eruption. You gotta watch it. I'm <laughs> like, do a backflip, and there. No, then I don't care.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, I'm,
5: right. I'm a dick when it comes to that. I really am. Uh, oh, years, years
1: ago, and this this brings me my little story I meant to tell tonight. That yeah. My dad went to. When I was in college, went to and be, being friends with Tico and stuff, he got invited to different things. That we were like, "How? What? What do? How did you? What happened?" You know. So I'm in college, and I come home from college, and my father goes, "I'm exhausted." I go, "What? What happened?" He goes, "Oh, I went to Les Paul's seventieth birthday party last night," and mm-hmm. we're like, "Right, right, yeah." So like, so my brother and I are like hanging on every word. So who who you were there? Well, I was hanging out with Rick Derringer most of the night. And uh, and this and that. And uh, we met Les Paul and and there was another guy, Steve Vay or somebody. He was good. And then this guy, Eddie Van Hagen, was there and he was an asshole. (laughs) Eddie Van Hagen.
5: (sighs) I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story, but I heard a great one. Uh, Van Halen was opening up for Bon Jovi in Europe years and years and years ago. Uh, Tico and Ed were playing pool and both pretty, I guess, pretty out of it. Right. uh, When Tico wasn't looking, Ed would drop balls into pockets. (laughs) Oh my God. With his hand, he just scoop it in there, right? And then Tico turned around and caught him and pinned him against the wall by the neck. Oh dear. And David Bryan runs over and goes,
1: Tico, Tico, don't kill Eddie. Well, he was cover. cheating. Maybe that was Eddie Van Hagen and not Eddie Van.
0: Hagen That's true. That yeah. you know, is, evil twin. Yeah, that's pretty, come on. Yeah, good oh, stuff. Well, wow. this has been beyond fantastic. I gotta figure
1: out how to end this show, David. What's up? I'm so I'm now I'm the co-host. I don't, I have to talk. Think about all this technical shit behind the scenes. All right, you want me to
0: just? I'll, I'll work the crowd for a little bit while you do that. You ready? Thanks for having us, guys. It was amazing. Brad and yes, Bud. You guys. It was and great meeting you, too, Phil. Stories and yeah, you guys and, are great. Bud and Brad <laughs> and Phil. out. I don't even have any jokes <laughs> from the crowd right now. You ready, Scott? We, we,
1: we could. <laughs> our next show is about uh, technology affecting the music business with our good friend Mooch from Big Bang Baby, who's very outspoken. He might have very, an opinion or two. Very full of rage and doesn't like even iPads. He hates monitors with words on them. He hates AI. He hates auto tune. He hates temper amps. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do an hour with him on Wednesday night, and he's going to be full of piss and vinegar, and that should be a, yeah. another fun that's show. Gonna
0: be a, yeah. We're, we're taping that just in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. I have
1: fun so. with that. Yeah. All that's right. Gonna be, that's going to be a lot of fun. That was great. So uh, let's see. Let's end the show with uh, why don't we just end the show with Phil? Yeah, let's do, a... uh, let's do yeah, the Phil guys, Bumper. Yeah, you guys, if you ever want to do a bumper for the show, here, here's how you do one. Yeah. Have a
0: good night, everybody. Thank you guys so much. This is great. And it's Phil X,
5: and you're watching Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen. And Guitar Tales, Guitar Tales. Like, what else do you need, right? Guitar. for geeks, nerds, gear, inspirations, positive vibes. Look out.